Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. What does it mean when someone asks, are you ready? This question usually invokes a mental or physical inventory of our capacity or supply of what's needed for an event, activity, travel, a challenge, or whatever. But to be ready for the best year ever, there are a couple of foundational things that God needs from us. And that is the focus of today's message, Are You Ready?, from our series titled, The Best Year Ever. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the message. So are you ready for the best year ever? See, in order to have the best year ever, you would need to be ready for the best year ever. Amen? You can't have things that you're not prepared to have. And you've heard me say it before, I was a young Christian in my early 20s, and I was so in love with God, and I was all excited about God, and then all of a sudden my, my personal desires, which were off because my mindset was off, started to creep in. And so I started doing the right thing, praying and interceding for others and studying the Word, and I'm doing the right things, but my heart has still got old stuff in it, and so I have in my heart desires for things that I'm not even ready to have. Amen. And so I'm praying and asking God for a car, and I didn't even have a garage. Amen. I'm asking, begging God for this beautiful car, and I don't even, like, I don't even have nowhere to park it. We're going to park it on the street down by the lake in Oakland. No, I'm not. You know, I didn't need to have that car I was praying for. Amen. The car I had was in enough trouble. Amen. But I was praying, not understanding my own necessity for readiness. And you can't hold what you're not ready for. Amen? And if you're not ready for something, then, then what is your course of action? What will you need to do? Get ready. Amen? T.D. Jakes used to say, he used to come out and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Admonishing people to be prepared for what's coming. Amen. And so the word of the Lord is here in the scriptures. And most of the time, we cannot possess the things that we read about in scripture because we're not prepared. Not because God doesn't want to, but because we are not ready for what God desires for us. Amen. If you think about where we've been over the last few weeks and talking about the, the very, uh, very common thing, which is at the beginning of the year in January saying, it's going to be the best year. And every year, people make, uh, uh, they make uh, their, their, what do you call them, resolutions? People make resolutions and people make promises and they're going to do better. It's going to be better. Everything we, we all say is going to be better. But then what happens is right around this time, Three or four weeks in, we settle back into our old habits and we settle back into our own rhythms of life and we go right back and this year is not going to be indifferent than last year because we're still doing what we did last year. Amen. And if you do this year what you did last year, why would you expect something different? <laughs> Amen. So we want to make sure that as we're considering are we ready? 
So when someone asks the question, are you ready? This question usually invokes a person to do a mental or physical inventory of their capacity or their supply of what is needed for an event, for a activity, for travel, for change, for whatever else. Right? Are you ready? The first thing you start thinking about, am I ready? And so you go down your mental checklist. Do I have this? Do I have that? Do I have this? Do I have that? If I say, are you ready for what God has for your life? What do you ask yourself? Do you have a checklist right now as you're thinking about, am I ready for what God has for my life? Do you think about what is it that you need in order to be ready for God to move in your life in this year? And that's the question I want us to think about today. I want us to meditate on the question, am I ready? So God says, I'm going to bless you to be an owner of a business. I have an idea for you. I'm going to set this idea in your hands, and I'm going to allow you, by the anointing that's on your life, which is God's supernatural power to get stuff done, I'm going to put an anointing on you to do something, and it's going to be a business. It's going to evolve, and it's going to... Are you ready? (laughs) Are you ready? I was asking God for a wife. Lord, I want to be married. I want a wife. Made a list. Wrote it down. And then I got married. Found the, found the wife. Because he who finds a wife finds what? All the ladies answered. <laughs> let, me, let me ask the brother. Because we know. Let me ask the brothers. When you find a wife, you find... Yeah. So I was asking God for a good thing, and I found the good thing, and I married the good thing. And I'm excited about being married to the good thing, and six months into spending life with the good thing, I wasn't ready. (laughs) I wasn't ready. But now I got it. So ready or not? Amen. See, readiness is a state of understanding. Sometimes we think it's a physical state, but readiness is actually a state of understanding. And understanding means that you have pondered or thought about something you've meditated on something till you have a clarity concerning what is required and in my life what I had not meditated on I meditated on the fact of having a partner but I hadn't meditated on the fact that this relationship might cause me to change because you spend so much time looking for perfection that you said perfection. And then you get married, and you say, wait a minute, I thought this was perfection. It is perfect. But two must become one. And it has nothing to do with whether people are perfect or not. It has to do with whether we're willing or we're ready to become one. And if we're ready, then we start the journey. But when we start the journey, we talked about what Paul discovered, and that there were three decisions that had to be made. The first was a decision to serve the Lord with humility, that I'm going to put God first. 
Decision number one. Decision number two. I'm going to stand in the face of trials. Trials may come, but I'm ready to stand. And then decision number three is that I'm not going to hold back anything that is helpful. And if you had to take these three things and look deeply at them, you could say that number one is about worship and service to others. The number one, serve the Lord, is to worship him in spirit and in truth, to actually say, God, I, I love you. And, and we, we worship today, recognizing that we've been redeemed and we have an appropriate response to our redemption. Hallelujah. The highest praise of God. And we talked about the fact that worship and praise are distinct and that praise is our declaration of who God is to all. And even to God. But worship is the expression of our relationship with God. That we tell God we love him. And I can give God my money. I can give God my time. But the one thing I can give to God that he didn't in some way provide for me is my worship. Even in service, I'm giving God my gifts back. See, in everything that you do, you're giving something back to God. Worship is the only thing you can give God that doesn't originate from God. It originates from you. And so we offer God worship out of the heart. Worship different than praise. Praise is the declaration But worship is us expressing from a place of humility that we love God to God. Amen. Sometimes you ever, if you've ever been out at night and you look up in the sky and you get overwhelmed in darkness looking up into the sky and seeing all the stars out there and you just say, man, I can't believe all that. And then you think about each one of those stars represents either a planet or a sun somewhere and you go man look at how vast is the glory of God's hands amen or if you stand and you look down into you stand on the side of a, of a lake or a river and you look down in the water and you see all the things moving in there and you realize look at this this is not man-made creation this is God it's God's handiwork and then you decide not to worship the stars or worship that you decide to worship the lord lord you're awesome look how beautiful look at what you've created with your hands and that worship starts to do something to you it changes you because it puts you in a mindset the mindset of what the mindset that god is bigger than me and if god speaks i should respond amen when i was a child and i would hear my parents or my grandparents call my name, I would respond. You know why? They're bigger than me. <laughs> They're the authority around me. They're the provider of the house that I live in. They're the provider of the food that I eat. So you know what? When they call, I respond. But now that I'm a grown man, who do I respond to? Now that you're grown, who do you respond to? What voice, when you hear it, do you answer to? I hope it's the Lord. I believe it's the Lord. I believe that when you hear the Lord's voice, your desire, your heart is to respond to him. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Standing against trials, we know that as Christians, we have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come upon us. Jesus said this. He said, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm going to send one after me. The Holy Spirit who will be with you and he'll be in you. Praise the Lord. See, you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And when you deal with things, no matter what they are, especially trials, you need to learn how to lean on the resource of the Spirit of God. And not the things you see with your eyes. Amen. Learn how to listen for the voice of the Spirit. And so last week we introduced you, talked about the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11 through 14, where Jeremiah, he said God spoke, and what did he say? God said, I know the plans that I have for you. There are plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And most people see that and they stop right there and say, oh yes, God has a future and a hope for me. But then they stop and they miss the next verse which tells us how we get it. (laughs) He said, when you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. And when you find me, I will deliver you. Amen. So our prayers and our seeking of God are what helps us stand in trials because when you get in your trial, if you look for God and don't just stare at the problem, then God will be there with you in the problem. Amen? Amen. And then holding back nothing that is helpful is learning how to live a love-based life. In other words, your focus and your conscious thought is about how do you sow rather than how do you reap. See, God, God helped us with the consist of the thought about sowing and reaping in teaching us in those words about farming. Is that a farmer who doesn't sow never goes out to reap. Amen. If it is harvest time and the farmer thinks to himself, man, I didn't put any seeds out there. He's not going out looking for a harvest because he knows he didn't put seed there. So we know we must be people who are sowing in order to reap harvest. And most of the time when we hear sowing and reaping, it starts to get caught on money, and money's not the issue. It is the issue of becoming a person who generously learns to sow. Sow whatever. Sow whatever's helpful. Sow gifts. Sow talents. Sow words of encouragement. Sow sow the teaching of things that you know and you learn. Sow those things into others, and God will bring a harvest. Amen? Come on, are y'all hot or tired of what's going on? Come on, talk to me. (laughs) Amen. Listen, holding back nothing. Turn to the book of Colossians chapter, actually, let's let's not go there yet. Let's go start, let's start in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. We started there, and I want to dig in a little bit more on this. You can look at the screen, just write it down, write down the passage and, and look up. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and what? Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a future and you have a hope. Amen. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to who? To him. Pray to God. When you get in trouble, don't first call be to your friends. Don't let the first call be to your friends. Let the first call be to the Lord. Call upon me and what? Pray to me and what? 
He said, I'll listen to you. Amen. I caught myself. I had an employee come into my office, and they were talking to me about something, and we had talked about it before. I was thinking, oh, brother, here we go again. And so we're there, they're, they're going on and on and on and on. And I caught myself, I was sitting in my chair. Next thing I knew, I swang around and I'm, I'm looking at them, but now I'm on my keyboard. And the next thing I knew, I'm looking at the keyboard and listening to them and glancing back. And I'm thinking, man, I'm disconnecting slowly. I got to stop. I gotta, so I had to pull my, can I just get myself back? Because I stopped listening. And guess what? When you keep calling your friends with the same old stuff, they ain't listening to you. You keep calling your friends, asking, what do you think about this? I'm, they're not listening. I guarantee me. I, I love y'all. I love the person that, I, that works with me. But they, I'd heard this story so many times, I already know the answer. I'm not listening now. I have not heard any new dynamic in this, the same old thing. So I, like I said, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God will listen to you, no matter what the circumstance. But verse 13 is very interesting. Let me go a little further. You will seek me and what? Find me. What's the condition? Search for me with all your heart. See, I found God more and more when less and less of me was holding back. Amen. The more I let go of who I was, the more I found God he wasn't hiding I just couldn't see him amen verse 14 I will be found by you says the Lord and I will bring you back from where your captivity whatever has you captive God will bring you out of it amen I will gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you that's very important to understand. Sometimes circumstances happen in, in your life and God is, is, is orchestrating the circumstances because he's trying to get your heart. <laughs> I'll let y'all think about that. And I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. In other words, I'll bring you where I wanted you to go. Amen. Let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2. So when we think about, are you ready? The very first thing is seek the Lord. So we're talking about those three questions you have to ask yourself. You've got to be ready to answer those three questions. You've got to be asked the question, is that will I, number one, serve the Lord with humility? Number two, will I stand in the face of trials? Have I made a decision that no matter what the trials that come at my life, I'm going to stand in those trials? And number three, am I made up my mind I'm going to be a person of generosity who sows and operates by love to serve others and to bless others with what I have and let that be the focus of my life as opposed to what I obtain and what I get out of life? Amen. Because I know people who've gotten a whole lot of things out of life and at the end of their life have regrets. Because their focus was off. But I've yet to meet a person who was a giving person, who, who gave out of their heart and gave out of their soul and really poured into other people that got to the end of the life and said, I regret spending time with my kids. <laughs> yet to see it. So Habakkuk chapter 2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So once you get through the process of making decisions and seeking the Lord, 
the very next thing you do is write down what God says. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Now, what happens for most people is when the new year starts, January 1st or December 31st, we start writing down all the things we're going to do, right? Writing this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Well, you're writing all that down out of here. You're writing it down out of your mind. But the best thing is to make your commitments, then seek the Lord and let the Lord tell you what to write down. Amen? Because if you start writing down what you want, Open your Bibles, go back to Jeremiah. I'm going to show you something very interesting. I don't have it in the deck. Jeremiah chapter 29. Go there really quickly. I'm going to show you what happens to us sometimes. Sometimes we write down things because it sounds good to us. (laughs) Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 8. And it says, For thus says the Lord God of... Uh, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you. In other words, don't let somebody come and tell you what God said. See, I'm I'm telling you what God said, but I'm telling you to open your Bible and take a look for yourself. I'm telling you to write down these passages and go study to show yourself approved because I want you to go see for yourself and then do what this says. Amen? But if somebody just comes and says, you don't need to look that up, just believe what I say. No, I don't believe you. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, warning, warning. (laughs) Danger, Will Robinson. Amen. Don't let them who are in your midst deceive you. See, people will call you and tell you stuff. So somebody called me and says, a prophet told me there's something wrong with your wife. I said, that's funny because I've been praying and God hasn't told me nothing about my wife. So why does a prophet have to tell you to tell me? How come he didn't send the prophet to me? Because then I would have looked the prophet right in his eyes and said something to it. But why would God send somebody third party when God's whole purpose is that the Spirit of God not be with me, but be in me? So why is God send a daisy chain of communication to get to me? Amen. That's not God. I have pastors who I pray with and I meet with every month. How come God didn't choose to use one of those men of God who know me to tell me? Why did he send somebody else to tell somebody else to tell me? Amen. You guys have played the telephone game before? Amen. I'm going to whisper in Pastor Edward's ear, tell him to tell Pastor Edgar, tell Pastor Janae, then come back here and tell uh, Mom Rosina, and then tell Lamika, and then pass it down the line, pass it down the line, and then we're going to ask all the way back in the back. We're going to ask T. Kim way back in the back back there. We're going to ask tell me what Pastor Derry said. He said something about his lunchtime or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing, you know, <laughs> I'm playing with my brother. We, we, uh, we, we shared a little chicken yesterday. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, I'm laughing about. <laughs> Amen. But we know that dynamic. Why would God use that when he's sending the Holy Spirit? But sometimes people start to seek out diviners, and they start to seek out prophetic voices 
not recognizing that there are prophetic voices in the earth, but we don't need a seer over there to tell what God said right here. See, God's commitment is to talk to you. Amen. That's why in your cycle of maturity, when you start to grow in maturity, one of the first things is when God speaks, it'll become revelation to you. Because until it comes revelation to you, it doesn't make any difference what anybody else said. Now, if we don't pick up on the revelation God speaks to us, then God will send someone to speak to us. But God doesn't send someone to send someone. Amen. Amen. So, remember, your job is to not listen to that. And don't listen to this other part that he says, nor your own dreams which you cause to be dreamed. Nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. Now, how do I cause my dreams to be dreamed? My thoughts. When I don't renew my mind, I start creating my own dreams. When God says, I have a plan for you. And it is after this when God says this. They, false, they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I'm not sent them, says the Lord. And then he says, for you know the plans that I have for you. They're plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Amen. When we started this church, people questioned me quite a bit. They questioned me quite a bit. They questioned me whether I heard from God. They questioned me whether a lot of different things, they had a lot of different scenarios they were asking about. And all I could say is, God spoke. God spoke to me. God said this to me. That's all I can tell you. That's, all I, that's the only answer I have, is God spoke. And he didn't just speak right now. God spoke to me years ago and told me what to do. But I wasn't ready. Amen. See, God shows you things sometimes when you're not ready because he's planting vision in you so that you begin getting ready. Amen. And I didn't tell anybody what God told me. Amen. Come on, because I was getting ready. Amen. And so some people were surprised, but God told me back there what to do, but he didn't tell me to tell anybody else. So some of will you just come up with this idea? Nope. I've been getting ready all this time. And when other people weren't getting ready, I was getting ready. Amen? And when other people weren't getting ready, I was running tapes. I was sweeping the floor. I was working in teen church. I was doing other things. I was getting ready the whole time. I was working the altar. I was doing stuff when nobody saw me doing it. I was teaching in the Bible school. I was doing this and doing it. I was doing all kind of stuff, getting ready for the day God would say, now's the time. So your question is, are you ready for what God has told you to get ready for? Amen. God does not fail to come through on his promises. But we got to be ready when his promise arrives. Woo, come on. You got to be ready when the promise comes because God speaks to you early enough to get repaired. Come on. My own dream was to be an architect. My own dream was then to do this and to do that and to do this and do that. I kept having more dreams. But God said, don't worry. Many are the plans in men's hearts. But the answers come from me. Amen. 
God said, I got an answer for your life, and I want you to get in line and walk in the answer. Amen. Walk in the answer God has for us. Woo, glory to God. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm walking in the answer. Come on. Woo-wee. <laughs> so we got to answer the questions of preparation, right? Then we got to seek the Lord. And after we seek the Lord, we got to then make sure that when we've sought him and he speaks, we write the vision and make it plain, like Habakkuk chapter 2 said. But what happens now? After you've written it down, what happens now? And I want to speak to you that the biggest issue of readiness that you have to do. This is by far the number one issue of readiness you have to do. Let's go back to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. Hallelujah. I'm working on it, y'all. I'm getting there. Amos, Jonah, Nahum, Micah, or Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. All right, here we go. (laughs) The Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. How many of you guys have stuff written down? Amen. Good. Write it down. Make it plain. Write it out in as much detail and description as you can. And I know some of y'all who are leaders here might get tired of me with my another pa- pastor got another paper he's handing out. Yep, because I keep writing stuff down, and I'm going to keep making it plainer and plainer and plainer and plainer. I'm going to keep on writing no matter what. The Lord answered me, said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. In other words, somebody's got to read it past you. Because God's always not just planning for your life but for other lives. So God's vision usually doesn't include you being glorious. (laughs) God's vision usually includes you sowing into somebody else's life. Amen. See, I'm not here for my glory. I don't take a salary because I'm not here to get. Come on. I'm not here to get anything. I'm here to give you something. Amen. I'm here to give to you because God's plan never told me that I'm going to get some glory out of this. He said, this is what you need to do. Why? Because you need to sow this. You need to sow that. You need to sow this. You need to sow that. And guess what? If I do what my word to you says it do, then I should prosper. Amen. So I'm not teaching y'all stuff to get something. I'm teaching y'all stuff because this is what works for me. God's word has worked in my life. So I can tell you what God's word says do. Now, I'm not against pastors getting a salary. Because guess what? If you're on the clock 24-7, you should probably get a salary. But God told me not to. And so I'm not going to do what's logical. I'm going to do what God said to do. Amen? Now, listen to this. Verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. 
In other words, when God speaks, you need to write it down because you need to get ready because the time is going to come when it gets here. Oh, boy. The time is going to come where it's going to get here. And when it gets here, you can't get ready. You better be ready. Amen. Somebody told us, say, how do y'all get all this stuff about the church? We've been getting ready. We didn't, have to wait. we didn't have to wait to get a sound system. We got, God bless, we knew what to get. We knew what to do. Why? Because she worked in media, I worked in media. We knew what to do. <laughs> How y'all, how y'all, y'all filming all the time? Sure are, and giving it away. <laughs> Why? Because we're ready. <laughs> we're ready with stuff. Amen. And so because you're ready, when things happen, it looks like it was an overnight success. Or how'd you just get that? How'd you get that? Every overnight success. Guess what? It's somebody being prepared all the way. And sometimes we start using our gifts and we say, man, but my gift's not ready. Your gift will never be ready unless you start exercising your gift. And when you exercise your gift enough, then mastery of your gift starts to happen. And when mastery of your gift starts to happen, then all of a sudden people go, wow, how'd you learn to do that? It's been time in preparation. Moses was in the backside of the wilderness for 40 years before God said, it's time to go back to Egypt, and now you're going to lead people out. Because when he told him when he was younger, he thought he was going to do it when he wasn't ready to do it. (laughs) Amen. And in his unreadiness, he tried to step out and do something and got his feelings hurt because he wasn't ready. Amen. Guess what? It's hard to hurt my feelings. (laughs) <laughs> years ago you could hurt my feelings you, you, you were really hard pressed to hurt my feelings now you will have to really go out of your way to hurt my feelings <laughs> you know why because I'm ready amen you can't hurt my feelings amen long time ago you could have you could have, you could have walked in and said pastor that was a terrible message and I would have said oh my god maybe I'm not called Tell me it's a bad message. I'm going to come back. I might preach the same message next week. (laughs) My feelings don't get hurt. (laughs) Amen. Readiness has to do with your preparation for being prepared. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it's going to speak. In other words, at the end, when you get to a certain point, the vision's going to speak so loud, everybody can't deny it's a vision. Amen. It's going to speak. It's going to speak. The vision itself will speak. Amen. You know how this vision speaks? I, sat, I was standing back here, and I observed something. I was standing in the back. A lot of times when worship, I'll stand in the back. I was standing in the back, and I saw something happen, and I started crying because I said, man, the vision is speaking. I witnessed somebody do something for someone else, and it made me cry. And it wasn't a big deal, but I saw it, and it spoke to me because it's the vision talking. When God said, you're going to have a church, and and the church is going to be about abundance of life. The church is going to be about people learning how to bring abundance out of love, out of love being poured out on all people because God himself is love. 
And when the love of God is poured out, it's like his spirit is being poured out on all flesh. The outcome of the original church, when all of them received the Holy Spirit, it wasn't, it, the, the, the thing that outpoured was not all the things we expect. We said, wow, if God supernaturally poured out his Holy Spirit, what happened after that? One man preached and they became a community. <laughs> they became a community is what the outcome of Acts chapter 2 is. When you get to Acts chapter 2, it says they were all in one accord, in one place. They had all things in common. Woo! And they gave attention to the Word of God, the Apostles' doctrine, to prayers. Lord, to fellowship, which is what? Serving together and breaking bread. That's what the outcome was of all that great preaching. It wasn't that all of a sudden the apostles were glorified. It wasn't that. As a matter of fact, the majority of the apostles who didn't write something themselves, you don't even know about. Because they went out and lived. They did what God told them to do. And in their doing of what God told them to do, the church continued to grow, and the church was added to daily those who were being saved. Though it tarries, wait for it. In other words, if God spoke something to you, don't give up just because it doesn't look like it's working or just because today, today doesn't look like it's right or you don't feel like it today. I don't feel like it's ever going to happen. Don't give up. That's why you write it down so you can go back and say, this is what God said. And when you're tired or when you don't feel like it, you continue right on pressing in. And you keep on every day getting up doing what God said to do. Though it tarries, the vision might tarry, but you wait for it. Amen. My mother tried to teach me the good things of God so long. She kept on working with me and speaking to me. And I'm, I don't want to hear all that. I, you know, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. I don't love nobody. I just love me as who all I love. And as all, all my foolishness I went through. And my mother kept on sowing, kept on sowing, and 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 kept on sowing. And then overnight, <laughs> Overnight, I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit one day. One day, changed. Instantly. <laughs> Instantly overnight. Many nights. Many nights of tears, amen. Not mine, hers. Amen. But she saw me. And then she prophesied this church. Amen. She prophesied this church. And here we are. And we ain't where we're going to be yet because we're going to tarry and wait for the rest of it. Amen. Amen. Why? Because it will surely come. Amen. What does the word say? It will surely come. It will not tarry. In other words, when its time is right, it, you can't stop it. <clears throat> Amen. And guess what? It is you. <laughs> Amen. It's not me. It is you. Amen. It's what God brings forth, what he's bringing forth in you. Woo! That's when the church is. That's when the church is in bloom, when the people are growing, when the people are seeing their relationships restored, when the people become worshipers, when the people are exercising their gifts and talents and they're sowing their talents, when they're doing those things, then the church is in bloom. Verse 4. 
Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. But the just shall live by faith. I struggle with this passage. What does it mean, Lord? Behold the proud. Wait a minute, you're talking about writing down vision and all of a sudden behold the proud. The proud is the person that's making their own dream. The proud is the person who won't submit to write down what God said. They're writing what they want to write. And they're enlisting people in their vision. And that's fine for business. That's fine for doing things in the world. But guess what? When we're trying to get God's work and God's kingdom established, we've got to write down what God said. Amen. And we can't be too proud to not write what God says. Amen. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright within him. And guess what? How do you prosper? How do you prosper and be in health? Come on, y'all. How do you prosper and be in health? I need to hear it. How do you prosper and be in health? I preached about it for 37 weeks last year. How, how do you prosper and be in health? As your soul prospers. Amen. Your soul has to prosper in for you to really prosper in the things of God. Beloved, I would pray that you be in health and you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. But behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. So how's he going to prosper? He's not going to prosper in the things of God. Remember, God, doesn't, God didn't make money. So if you have a lot of money, it doesn't mean that you know God. Money comes from man. Amen. What comes from God? Life. Life more abundantly. Joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness. The fruit of the Spirit. That's what comes from God. Come on. Gifts of the Spirit. Those come from God. They come as the Spirit wills to prophesy and to speak life and to uh, have a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, to prophesy, to have miracles, to have uh, gifts of faith. Those things come from God. And those things can bring about the other things you desire in your life. Because if you seek the kingdom, everything else gets added to you. So the proud, his soul is not upright in him. But the just shall live by his faith. What is your faith? Your faith is what you believe. Faith is your substance of things you're hoping for. And what did God do? He's given us a future and a Faith is a substance thing you hope for, and it is the evidence of what? Things not seen. Things you can't see. Amen. Now, funny thing, yesterday, when we're putting up the screens, uh, one of the brothers is working with us. I, I told somebody the vision. I said what the vision was. When they first heard it, they interpreted different than what I said. Okay? So I spoke it, and he heard it, but his lenses were different than my lenses. So he heard it through his lenses. But then he and I were talking again, and I spoke the vision, and then I showed him something. And he said, I got it. I got the vision. 
And so then another brother was working with us. This morning, we're talking to somebody, and he said, we brought the vision to pass. Amen. So a vision was spoken. Then it was refined. Then it was executed on, because then who, who picked it up could run with it. And when they ran with it, they brought it to pass. That's how it works. But now, if when I said, this is the vision, the person who originally heard it says, yeah, but I see it different. I see it different. Well, here, let me refine it for you. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I see it different. Then we would have executed a vision and not gotten what it was the desire to actually do. Amen. So that's why we have to make sure that in our seeking God, that we write down what he says, and then we allow ourselves to remain in humility and not pride, and when God says, no, your vision isn't what I want, Derry, that I'm willing to serve the Lord in humility and step off of what I want and do what he wants. Woo, hallelujah. Because that's how you get what God has for you. Because his thoughts for you are for good and not for evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. Amen. So if you're going to live by faith, first thing you have to do is get pride out of the way. Amen. Get pride out of the way. If you're too proud, you're going to miss a lot of things from God because God requires a humility to his voice, a humility to him to bring things to pass in which he has ordained. Amen. Amen. We have to close, but I want to show you something because I want you to make sure, I want to make sure, I want you to make, I want to make sure that you understand how critical this last thing is. This last thing of living by faith. And not letting the soul be proud, but to live by faith and trust in God. I want you to understand how critical it is. Three times in the New Testament, three times in the New Testament, this passage in Habakkuk is quoted, and not the right division part. The just shall live by faith part. <laughs> I'm going to show them all three to you really quickly. I'm not going to expound them. I'm just going to show them to you. Got locked out. Here we go. Number one, first time that's used. Romans chapter one, verse sixteen and seventeen. Write these down. This is your meditation for the week. I want you to meditate on these this week. Romans chapter one, verses sixteen through seventeen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who what believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek in other words those who are born with a covenant with God and those of us who had to get a covenant with God amen verse 17 for it is for in it whoops for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from what faith to faith in other words you're going to start in faith and you're going to end in faith amen from faith to faith 
You're going to go from one place of faith to the next. When do I got to stop living by faith? When you stop living. <laughs> Amen. As it is written, what? It's written, the just shall live by faith. And we know that faith required us to write the vision. Amen? Amen. Look closely. Next one is, uh, let's go to uh, Galatians 3 and 10. Galatians 3 and 10. I'm going to break these down next time, but I want to make sure you got these. Galatians 3 and 10 says, for as many of these, are, uh, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So if you're trying to be justified by the law, guess what? You're cursed if you can't follow the whole law. Just doesn't work. Next verse. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. In other words, you haven't met anybody who's been justified by God by keeping a law. <laughs> For the just shall what? Live by faith. So first we said it's the gospel that helps us and empowers us to live by faith. Second is, you can't be justified by the law. You've got to be justified by faith. Just is going to live by their faith. Next verse. And by the way, that's also why I don't have heavy burdens on people. That's why you, can't, you can't, probably can't find a time when I'm going to have a mandatory meeting. You should be there, but it's not mandatory. You know why? Because you don't want to come? Don't come. <laughs> the just is going to live by faith, not by a whole bunch of laws. If you don't want to come, don't come. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. So if you want to make a bunch of laws, then you got to live by a bunch of laws. Amen. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep them all. Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from what? Curse of the law. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on the tree. And we know Jesus hung on the tree for you. Amen. That's why you're redeemed. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, you still look like a can, baby. Come on. You still look like a can. Come on. <laughs> Amen. Don't forget you've been redeemed. Amen. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham may come upon the people who were born without a covenant with God. Amen. Woo. Tell your neighbor, say, oh, can you got the blessing of Abraham. Come on. <laughs> amen in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith here's that Holy Ghost again amen come on Hebrews chapter 10 write this down Hebrews 10 verse 38 and 39 Hebrews 10 verse 38 begins with now the just shall what have you caught the pattern? Amen. The just are going to live by their faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. In other words, you've got to be, God is pleased by your faith, not your sacrifice. <laughs> God is pleased by your faith, not by your sacrifice. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him, verse 39. But we are not those who draw back to perdition. Woo, come on. 
you don't draw back. Praise God, you're not the kind of person who draws back. The enemy tries to make you draw back, but because you already decided to stand in trials, you're not going to draw back. All right, come on, hope y'all see this is all connected, amen. We're not those who draw back to perdition, but those who believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. We believe to the saving of the soul. Listen, you're going to make this the best year ever because you're going to walk by faith. Come on. You're not going to draw back. You're going to let your faith help you when you get in hard times. You're going you're to speak to your mountains. You're going to call things that be not as though they were. You're going to walk by faith and not by sight. You're not going to allow things to knock you off what God told you to do. Amen? Whatever God spoke to you, you're going to make sure it's God by seeking him and writing down what he says. And then when you write it down, you're going to then pick up your, your stuff. And you're going to walk in faith. Walk by faith. Spend your life walking by faith. Amen. Do, do, y'all know why, why I obey the, uh, Lord, the Lord so much? Because when I go to sleep, when I lay my head on the pillow, once I fall asleep, a hand comes over me. No, the hand ain't putting waves in there. The hand is prophesying and speaking life over me he's going to obey God he's going to do what God said he's going to stop acting the fool he's, he's going to be alright <laughs> my wife prophesies all night long till she, <laughs> till she, fall, <laughs> till she falls asleep <laughs> prophesy over her old husband and get him straight Make sure he's on to make sure he wake up with a fresh mind. Amen. We don't draw back. And what she why you know why she does that? Because she's got faith. And she's come to the awareness that if she operates in faith, she's not a good thing to me. And she gives me favor. So for her to have favor. She's got to pray for me to have favor. Because then when I get favor, we have favor. Because the two shall become one. And so she prophesies over me so that we can have favor together. And then the word tells me, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Because no man who loves his wife or loves himself will harm his own body. So that means she prophesies over me so that I can then operate in love toward her. And now I've got to take on my mantle of loving her so that she's free to prophesy to me without anger or bitterness. Amen. So we both got a, a, a responsibility to walk by faith toward each other. Guess what? She's seen me in bad situations, but she got faith that God's taking me where I'm going to go. Amen. And I've seen her in less than perfect. But I know God's hand is on her. And so I speak life. Amen. Amen. Listen, you need to prophesy to your circumstances your words of faith. Your words of faith need to be spoken over your situation. Your words of faith need to be spoken over your environment. Your words of faith need to be 
spoken so that you can have the best year ever because as your soul goes, so shall you go. And the renewing of your mind and your heart comes from your getting the right words in your mouth and speaking the right words over things and speaking the right things over those in your environment and making yourself an instrument of love to pour into them as opposed to what you get from them. Because if all your relationships are based on what you get from other people, you're going to have a relationship filled. Thank you for listening to today's message titled, Are You Ready? from our series titled, The Best Year Ever. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On the site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. On our media page, you can catch our live stream worship service, which is broadcast every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. Now, if you'd like to join us for our live service, please feel free to check on our website, our About Us tab, to get service times and directions. You can also find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Until then, remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.